Emmanuel, God with us. He came because he wants you and I to be with him forever. And so the gift that we believe that the Holy Spirit wants us to receive from him during this Christmas season is the gift of understanding our forever life. And, and I want you to know that in my last year, six months to a year, I'm really meditating on the scriptures and really trying to understand what God has planned for all of us for the future. I'm a different person today. I'm changing. As a matter of fact, I used to not be concerned about dying. I'm like, Lord, just take me home. Now I want to live to be 100. Do you know why? Because I've got a new story. I've got a story I want to tell my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. I'm saying, God, let me stay on this earth as long as I can so I can tell everybody the story of not just salvation through Jesus, but what they are being saved too. I want everyone to know everything that he's got planned for them. And today, I'm going to open up the window a little bit. It's going to be like a fire hose. I'm going to be sharing with you so many scriptures, so many thoughts. I just want you to relax. If, if this may get overwhelming, but you can listen to it over and over again. You can take notes. I just want the Holy Spirit to, to use me as, as his vessel to pour out upon our our Elevation Community Church family this morning, the neat and exciting things about our forever life. You see, your heart aches for it, doesn't it? Every bone in your body, when you get sore, it's aching for the forever life. Every day you have a depression or anxiety. Your mind's aching for your forever life. Every sorrow you go through, it's you aching for your forever life. You go to a funeral, and you witness the physical death of a friend, and you're aching for your forever life. See, we bump into God's plan for us every day. We see it all the time. And God is wanting us to know that he has a plan for us that if we would open up our hearts and imagine, it would catapult us to a place of deep, deep, deep reflection. So let's start, okay? Can we get going? Let's look at Romans chapter 8. Now, I get giddy when I share these scriptures because it's like, wow, did, did, he, did he really say that? Did, are you reading what I'm reading? Is this, and, and I get excited about it. It's like, wow, now watch this. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Did he just say that? It's like he said, as a matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, your light and momentary troubles is nothing compared to the glory. It's almost like he's saying, Dennis, your suffering right here is like a little pebble. And the glory that's going to be revealed on this side is like the planet Jupiter. And he's saying, though you're going to go through suffering. Remember a couple of weeks ago I said, suffer well. He's saying, though you're going to go through a tough time because you're not in your forever life. You see, the Bible reads like a novel. Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, right? It's God's plan. 
He comes down in the garden of Eden. He creates man. He creates woman. He says, be fruitful, multiply, and, and go throughout the whole world. But then sin comes in. And then we've got all of this. And then Revelation 21 and 22, we go back to the garden of Eden and the city of God and the new earth and the new heavens. But we live in this period right here. And there's pain and there's suffering. And it gets messy. It hurts. And it's difficult, but he's saying to me, Dennis, what, what's your suffering now? You can't even compare it to what's coming for all creation. Watch this. For all creation is waiting eagerly. All creation, the rocks, the mountains, the plants, the vegetation, the animals, the solar system, the sun, the moon, everything that God created, all of creation. How much is all? It's everything. It says all of creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. It's like they say, can you see, imagine the mountains and the creation and the animals who are, who are killing each other and the destruction everywhere. Everything's saying, God, I want this to end. Come on, bring forth that future glory. And he goes, against his will, all creation was subject to God's curse. See, we live in a season of time where we're under the curse. Now, not our spirit. When you were born again, the Holy Spirit came into your spirit and became one. So your spirit, man, man that was, or woman that was born again, that's not under the curse. But all of creation, your physical body, everything else is still under the curse. But with eager hope. Yeah, here we go. That eagerness, anticipation, excitement. The creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from what? Death and decay. Oh, I can't wait. I can only imagine. Can you imagine being in a place where there's no death, where there's no decay? Now watch this. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth. Now, I don't know a lot about the pains of childbirth. Most guys don't. All right? But the pains of childbirth is leading to something wonderful. A lot of pain, a lot of suffering. It's just, it makes no sense. But the pain of childbirth is bringing forth a child, right? He's saying that we're going through these childbirth pains right up to the present time. Because there's something that's going to be birthed in us. And we believers also grown, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us, within us as a foretaste of what? Future glory. Now watch this. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering, and it will happen. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including... The new bodies. May I say a new body is a body? You, let me just say this to you. When you go to heaven, when you're on the new earth, it's you. You're not some, it's me. It's my body. It's my personality. It's me. See, you're not going to be a vague mist out there. You're, now, the good thing is, is I'm going to be a glorified new body. You're going to know it's me, but I'm not going to have any love handles. I really like that. You know? But... <laughs> You know, I'm not going to have my slur and my weak eyes and all that kind of stuff. Now, look at this in Acts chapter 3, in verse 21. This is Jesus right before that. He says, repent, give your heart to me, 
You'll receive times of refreshment when you do that. And then the Messiah is going to come back and look what he says. For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of, there's that word again, all. May I say, what's all? Does all include art? Does it include theater? Does it include music? Does it include travel? Does it include transportation? It includes everything. The final restoration of all things. See, we think that in our new forever world, we're going to take a step backwards. No, everything you experience, you're going to take a big step forward. Nothing in God goes backwards. Everything's ever expanding. Your forever life's going to be always more and expanding. And he says, final restoration of all things. All things, all things, all things. I just want to say that over and over again because you're going to see that all through the scriptures. All things as God promised long ago through the holy prophets. Isaiah 60 through 65 if you really want to. Look at Matthew 19. I'm, can I just show you guys the word? Yeah. Isn't that fun? Did you know that that was in there? That's good stuff. Look at this in Matthew 19. Now, re- remember, Jesus just called someone to follow him. And that person wasn't able to follow him because he had to give up his wealth. And he could have been the, possibly the 13th apostle. But he chose not to follow him. And it says he turned away sad. And then the apostles looked at Jesus and said, well, who can go to heaven? Jesus said, you know what? With man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. So this is what Peter says. Okay. You ready? He says, we've given up everything to follow you. Look at these next four words. What will we get? It's okay to say, Jesus, what do, you, what do I get? What do you got planned for me? I'm kind of excited. He doesn't reprimand him. Look how he responds. I assure you, Peter, when the world is what? What world? Our world. Our earth. What you're living in right now is where you're going to be living your forever life. But it's going to be made new. When the world is made new and the Son of Man sits upon his glorious throne... You who have been my followers will also sit on 12 thrones. And I think that's referring to the church, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. I think that's the nation of Israel. Now watch what he says. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters, he's speaking about your eternal rewards now, or father or mother or children or property for my sake, will receive 100 times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. Do you want 100 times as much from God? He wants you to want it. He wants you to know that anything you give up for me, that in your forever life on the new earth, he's going to give it to you at least a hundredfold. As a matter of fact, in Luke chapter 19, if you want to study sometime, he talks about the person who's, who's been faithful with the 10 things he's given him. And Jesus says, you know what? You've been faithful with this. I'm going to give you 10, you ready? Cities to rule on the new earth. And when you, there's cities, there's nations, there's kings, there's queens. There's authority. There's cool stuff on this new earth. Now look at this in Ephesians 1. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 10. And this is the plan. God, what's the plan? He's about ready to tell us. Okay. When the word of God says this is the plan, it's like, okay, what's the plan? And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring 
everything, all, everything, all, everything. He'll bring everything together. All nations, all cities, all communities in Christ. Arts, drama, theater, our bodies, transportation, trip. He's going to bring everything under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and everything on earth. Now, I just wanted, the last passages, I just wanted to, to give you an overview. Do you understand that there's something that's going to happen in our future? That there's going to be a renewal, a restoration, and all things and everything Christ is going to make right. Now, do we see that? Because when I go on to the next part, I just want to lay this foundation. Are we all, everybody okay with that? Fantastic. Now, look at this here. Look at this next passage. Because now I want to talk about the new earth that we're going to live on. In Revelation chapter 21. And at the very end, I'm going to talk about the very most exciting part about all of this. But I'm going to wait till the end. Revelation 21 says, John is on the Isle of Patmos. He gets a great revelation. And verse chapter 21 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven, the old earth has disappeared and the sea was also gone. So the old heaven, which is our solar system, it's not talking about the heaven that God lives in, but the old heaven, our solar system, our galaxies, our sun, our moon, the earth that we live in, the seas that we enjoy, the oceans, we, all of those things are gone because he created something new. Now look at this in Second Peter chapter 3. And then I'm going to talk about this. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should, look, you should live, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along, saying, come on, we're groaning, let's make it, come on God, hurry up, yay God. On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames, but we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth he has promised. What a world. Filled, oh my goodness, with God's righteousness, all of God's goodness, all of God's creativity, all of God's personality, all of God's original intent for humanity. The whole world is going to be filled with that when he recreates the new earth and new heaven. Let me give you two views, a point of view. Some people think the earth we live in right now is just going to be destroyed, a new one's going to pop up. I'm okay because the end result is the end result. Yeah. I personally believe that it's, it, 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 because in that context it talks about the flood of Noah coming and the waters uh, cleansing the earth. I believe that there's going to be a great cleansing of fire on the earth that we live in and God's going to restore the earth that we live in right now and renew the earth we live in right now. Now, can I ask you this question? But I don't care which way you want to go with that. It doesn't matter because the end result is going to be the same. All right? What would be a restored earth look like? What would a snowstorm look like on a restored earth? What would the Alps look like? What would the oceans look like on this new earth? What would the great forest, the great redwood trees look like? What would the deserts look like on this green? What would vegetation be like on this new earth? What about flowers on this new earth? The smell of roses on this new earth? What would, all, what would that be like? 
You see, on this new earth, when God's righteousness floods this earth and he recreates a new earth, everything is going to be in the original intent that God designed and created for humanity from the very beginning. And I can only imagine. I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine. See, Jesus has given us the gift of Emmanuel coming to us because he's saying to us, I have something for your forever life that's going to absolutely be the coolest thing you can ever imagine. That's his gift to us. And he wants us to keep it in the forefront of our mind. He wants us to think about it all the time. So what would this new earth look like? Can you imagine? Brenda and I, we love beaches and we love ocean. But I hate getting burned by the sun. Can you imagine just swimming in the ocean with the sun being brilliant and not being concerned about being burned or being hurt? Can can you imagine what it would be like to walk and and see the beauty of a forest, the pine trees, the aromas and the smell? Can you imagine that? That is your forever life. And guess what? Your forever life on this new earth is going to have, you ready? Animals on it. Look at this in Isaiah. I love this. And there's several times in Isaiah, but it says, In that day the wolf and the lamb will live together. That's not today. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion. Then the little child will lead them all. And the people ask, what? Are there going to be children in heaven? And I'm going to answer that question in a little bit. Okay? And the little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the beer. The cub and the calf will lie down together. The lion will eat like a cow. The baby will play safely near the hole of a cobra. Isn't that cool? Do you know what? What would a giraffe look like on the new earth? What would a lion look like on the new earth? Huh? Can you imagine that? What would a whale look like swimming in the ocean? A restored whale. What would the birds be like on this new earth? That's what God's got planned for you and I in our forever life. And he wants us to know about it. He wants you and I to be excited about this. So we have a new earth that's completely restored by God. His righteousness floods that earth. All of his goodness floods that earth. And we have animals on that earth. Guess what else we have? Thank you for asking. We have a new body to go along with the new earth. Look at Philippians chapter 3. And I love this passage. We are citizens of heaven. It doesn't say we're going to be citizens of heaven. If you're in Christ, you are a citizen of heaven. Where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. That's where he's at right now. Now let me just give you a little side note. The new, if you, when you die before Jesus comes back, you go to the heaven right now. Paradise right now. And you're going to live in the city of God and you're going to see some of that. And you're going to have some kind, you're not going to have your physical body, but you're going to have some kind of physicality. Do you know why I know that? Because in Matthew chapter 17, when they went to the Mount of Transfiguration, they saw Moses and they saw Elijah. And they knew, there's Moses, there's Elijah, and they were having a conversation with Jesus. I wish I knew what that conversation was all about. One day, one of the first things I'm going to ask Moses when I see him in my forever life, I'm going to say, Moses, what did you and Jesus talk about? Were you kind of giggling at the way I wear my clothes? I I don't know. know. But what were you talking about? 
But it says they knew, the apostles knew that this was Moses. This was Elijah. See, you're going to know me. I'm going to know you. I'm going to know part of your story, but I'm going to know it rightly. You're going to share your story with me. I want to share my story with you. We're going to know one another. But look at this. And we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our Savior. He's not come yet, but we're waiting for that. He will take our weak, mortal bodies. Everybody's going, yep, that's me. Weak and mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own. What kind of body did Jesus have when he resurrected? They saw it was Jesus. You were able to touch him. He ate food. He walked, he traveled, and yet he was able to just appear. Three times in John's Gospel, it says he just appeared. I'm often fascinated when you look at it because it says that he is the firstborn of the resurrected ones. And and so, so when I look at his body, I think, wow, that's cool. Now, he was able to ascend. Remember Isaiah 40? We'll mount up with wings like the eagle. I don't, can you imagine with me? Are you mounting up with wings like the eagle now? Are you running and not fainting? Are you walking and not growing weary? No, I run and I, I'm about ready to die. If I, I walk too far, I get sore joints. I'm not mounting up with wings like the eagle. But in that new earth, at the new time, that's a prophetic saying, this is what your life's going to be like. Now, let's talk about our new bodies for a while. All right? All pain is gone. All joints, all decay, all death, it's, it's gone. Right? Your, your physical body, because it's going to be a physical body. First Corinthians chapter 15 says it's going to be in splendor. And it's going to be glorious. You're still going to be a finite being. God's the only one that's going to be infinite. But this physical body of yours, you're going to be able to walk. You're going to be able to run. I believe that there's a possibility, if you imagine, that you're going to even be able to fly. Now look at this in Psalms 103, the first five verses about our new body. Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. Boy, can you imagine what it would be like one day to have a whole heart be devoted completely to God? With my whole heart, I will praise His holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things He does for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. I'm sorry. All your diseases have already been healed. But you're not going to experience the fullness of that until you receive your new body. Now watch this. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things and my youth. This is part of your body. My youth is renewed like the eagles. That's going to be your forever life. Now, let me ask you a couple of questions. What do you think you're going? To, what do you think you're going to look like? Do you think you're going to look like you look now? You tell me where to stop. I mean, imagine. Think about this. You are going to look like, and I believe this, in your youthful state, with all of your imperfections made one. 
100% perfect. If you don't like your nose, that nose is going to be perfect in the eyes of God, the way that God wants it to be. Your eyesight's going to be perfect in the way God wants it to be. Your joints and everything's going to be perfect in the way God wants it to be. Everything in you is going to be perfected in your new body. You're going to have a personality just like you have right now. The corny jokes that I say, and people look at me, and especially Brenda, and say, oh, you, know, you know, we got to work on that one a little bit. All right? The, 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 the thoughts I have, my desires, my dreams, my giftings, my skills, all of those are going to go with me into the new earth. What do you think? God's going to give you a blank, you know, just wipe you clean, start all over? No. I am the one that's getting a new body. It's not Joe getting my body. It's Dennis getting Dennis's new body. Do you see that? Because I don't want you to be vague about that. I want you to understand what God's got planned for your future. Now, what about, what about a new mind, a new heart? Look at this. I love this next passage. Um, in Isaiah 51, those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem singing, crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear, and they will be filled with joy and gladness. Though you go through depressing times now, anxious times, lack of peace, and painful times now, the time's coming when you are going to be filled with Joy and gladness 100% of the time. Look at Revelation 21, verse 5. I think it's verse 5, verse 4. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All of these things are gone forever. See, you're going to be completely whole. I was talking to him and ministering the word to the youth last, um, last Sunday night. And I talked about a broken heart and, and, and the things that happen in our life that causes brokenness in our life, brokenness in our hearts. And then I talked about how God's going to restore that heart. Do you know what? All of us are going to have a heart that's going to be fully restored. He's going to wipe away all tears, all death, all sorrow, all crying, and all pain. All of these things, can you say, are going to be gone how long? forever. It's not going to be a part. One of his gifts to us is a new earth and new heavens, a new body, and a new heart. That's what you're going to have in your forgiver forever life. Now, do we get to eat in heaven? How many people want to eat in heaven? Come on, commit, get in there, you know. Are we, yes, Remember Jesus in his resurrected body, he ate fish. Right? Two times it says that he, as a matter of fact, when he came and his disciples, he said, do you have any food? And they gave him fish and he ate it. Look at this in Isaiah about eating. Or, or let's start with Revelation 19. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. What's a feast? Food. Blessed are you if you're invited to a wedding feast. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 17, a little kind of a fun little thing, it says that we're going to eat with Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac, which that just tells me that I know that he's Abraham, that's Jacob, and that's Isaac, that at this feast, we're going to eat with them, and I'm excited about that. Those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb, and he added, 
These are true words that come from God. It's almost like, oh, I don't know about this. We're going to eat it. No, no, no. It's a wedding feast. These are true words that come from God. Look at this in Isaiah. It says, in Jerusalem, the Lord of heaven's armies, that's God, will spread a wonderful feast for the people of the world. It will be a delicious, well, let me stop, for the people of the world. That's going to be a big feast. God's going to do this. It will be a delicious banquet with clear, well-aged wine. Do we have any wine drinkers? Can you imagine what God's wine is going to taste like? And from some of our Baptist brothers, it's just grape juice. Okay? And, and I'm okay with that, okay? So, because so, I don't like, you know, I, I, I'm not a drinker, so I'm okay either way. But, but I believe it's going to be the very best of wine. And look at this, and choice meat. This is interesting to me, because we know there's not going to be any death in heaven. So choice meat means that God's going to make a carrot taste like a porterhouse, I, I, I guess. I don't know how he's going to do that. That's up to him. But there's going to be choice meat, but we know there's no death in killing of animals, and we know that animals are going to be, in, in the new earth, they're going to be a part of, of the, 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 the uh, community. There he will remove the cloud of gloom, the shadow of death that hangs over the earth. He will swallow up death forever, and the sovereign Lord will wipe away all tears. Are you with me? So we got a... Jesus is going to restore me new. We got new earth. We got new heavens. We have a new body. And we have a new heart. And we get to eat. I can stop right there and say, that's cool stuff. I don't need anything else. But now I want to talk to you about the very best thing in heaven. I want you to just relax and I just want to read this to you. Okay? And I am thrilled with what, and I, I'm overwhelmed with what I'm about ready to read to you because this, and, there's, and we can go on and on and on. Next week, Pastor Phil is going to be talking about our, our treasures and so many cool things there. But I want to just, I just want to read to you about the city of God from Revelation 21. And it says, then I saw new heaven and new earth. For the old heaven, the old earth, and the old sea has disappeared. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Now, I can only imagine. Can you see this? And, and by the way, when I read Revelation 21 22, it's not figurative. It's literal. I believe every single verse in Revelation 21 and 22 is absolutely literal. I think this is what's going to be our experience. Now watch this. I heard, I say that a lot, don't I? Because I'm always saying, I can't believe I just read, now, is that what I just, is that, I, that's what it says. He said, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. And you're going to see in Revelation 22 that we're going to see God's face. So his home is there with us. He will live with them. Oh my goodness. Did it really just say that? Did it, did it say, his home is going to be with us? God is going to live with me? Oh, and, and it gets even crazier. 
and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. It's like he says it twice. And then he says, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. Cool. And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning from the end. To all who are thirsty, for all those who don't know Christ and you're thirsty today, today's your day to surrender to Christ. Today's the day to say, God, I don't want to live for myself anymore. I want to live fully for you. Today's the day to say, God, I want to be a part of this forever life. Today's the day for you to bow your knees and say, God, I surrender. I give my life fully to you because I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I want to be a part of this. He says, he says, um, To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. And I will be their God and they will be my children. You know how you're victorious? Surrender to Christ. You're not victorious because you can do good works. You're not victorious because you're a good enough person. You're victorious because you put your trust in the person of Jesus Christ and you surrender him. And then when God looks at you, he sees Jesus and that makes you victorious. Amen? Okay, so it's not a work thing. It's not how do I get good enough to get God to let me be a part of his forever life. It's you surrendering to the goodness of God. It's you surrendering and submitting your life to what Christ did for you. And you opening up your heart to that. Now, now this gets really, he goes on, he talks about, I'm going to skip down to uh, uh, verse 10. So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain. You know what he just said? He just said there's high mountains on the new earth. <laughs> See, I used to just read through all this stuff. He says, he took me to a great high mountain. And he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending. Isn't this cool? Descending out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper, as clear as crystal. It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper, as clear as crystal. The city wall was broad and high, with 12 gates guarded by 12 angels, and the names of the 12 tribes of Israel were written on the gates. There were three gates on each side, east, north, south, and west. The wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were written the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Now he's going to tell you how big the city is. The angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates and its wall. When he measured it, he found it was a square. Okay, see, this is actual. This is real. This is what's going to happen. This is what you and I are going to see and we're going to experience. He found it was a square as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were each 1,400 miles. Stay with me. This is the city of God that's coming down. It's 1,400 miles wide, 1,400 miles long, and the walls are 1,400 miles high. It's descending out of heaven, this new Jerusalem, the city of God that's coming down to this earth because God is going to make his home with man. Now watch what he says. Isn't this neat stuff? The angel who talked to me, oh, excuse me, then he measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet thick according to the human standard used by the angel. So he's saying, okay, this is human standard. I want you to know how, how this is done. The wall was made of jasper, and the city was pure gold, as clear as glass. You know, people say, oh, I don't want to walk on streets of gold. I do! 
Streets of, it's, it's not saying that there's not streets of other things, but this particular in this city got streets of gold, pure gold, that we get to walk on and be a part of. Isn't that, I mean, now understand, this is the city of God. There's other cities, and you're going to see, I'm going to share with you a scripture. And, and the kings are going to come from the other cities and the other nations to the city to worship God. But, but I think God's just saying, and it says this gold is pure. And he says this gold is transparent, and you can see through this gold. It's, it's, I, I mean, I think God is just talking about how royal he is. The wall of the city was built on foundation stones inlaid with 12 precious stones. The first, Jasper, the second, and then he goes on to the 12 different stones. All right? The 12 gates were made of pearl, each gate from a single pearl. Can you imagine that now 1,400 cubicle 1,400 feet high, each city, each wall, each side has three large gates, and each gate is made with a single pearl. Wow. And the main street was pure gold, as clear as glass. I saw no tip on that. I love this. I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the land are its temple. And the city had no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city and the land is its light. Now watch this. The nations. That means there's nations, right? Am I, am I not, I'm, I'm not, there's nations. It says the nations will walk in its light. And the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Isn't that cool? Did you know that there's nations on this new earth? And there's kings? Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there's no night there. And all the nations will bring their glory and their honor into the city. Can you imagine a king from on the other side of the earth? As a matter of fact, in Isaiah it says the kings of the nation, the kings of the world will bring their wealth upon the sea to the city of God. And so can you imagine the, these kings coming to the city of God, bringing their honor and their glory to the king of kings. How cool is that? And then he says this. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter. Now look at this in verse 22. In chapter 22. Then the angels showed me a river with the water of life. Okay, remember Eden? Genesis chapter 2. There's a river in the Garden of Eden. Show me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit. So we have fruit, trees, river in the city. Bearing 12 crops of fruit and a fresh crop each month. Each month signifies that there's time. There's time in heaven. We know when a month is over. All right. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. And it says, no longer will there be a curse upon anything for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there and his servants will worship him, which means we get to worship him and we get to, we, we get to serve him. Now watch this. This is my favorite. This has become my favorite scripture in all the New Testament. And they will see his Guys, they will see his face. So Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God with us, came to this earth 
because he wants you and I. He died on the cross because he wants you to be with him forever. And he gives us a glimpse that he's going to give us the gift of a new earth, the gift of a new heaven, the gift of a new body, the gift of a new heart, the gift of animals, the gift of food. And there are many, many, many. I just don't have time. And then the best gift of all, he says, the new city is going to come down from heaven on this earth. God's going to live with his people and you and I get to see God's face. If the team will come up, I just want to pray. God, I'm overwhelmed. I, I just, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. God, I, I want to tell everybody this story of our forever life. I want people to know. I don't want the, Satan to take the joy of what we have to look forward to. God, this world, there's so much pain and grief, hurt, destruction, the curse that Satan has on this world has just hurt us all. But God, through Christ, our spirits can be born again if we surrender our life. And that one day the curse will be lifted and you're going to make this earth renewed and restored. And God, one day you're going to make a new heaven and new earth. One day you're going to give us new bodies. A sound mind, a whole heart. God, you're going to use our personalities and our gifts and our creativity to allow us to serve you. You're going to bring all the nations. It says in Psalms 46, verse 10, let all the world keep silent before him and let all the nations would acknowledge him. And so God, I can't wait for our forever time with you. God, I can't wait to see you face to face. Jesus, thank you for dying for me to make this a reality in my life. And so, God, I pray that if there's anyone here today who has not opened up their heart to you, that they would do that as we sing, that they would that they would just come forward here, just bow before you, or get out in the aisle, just bow before you, and say, God, I want you. I want to be a part of you, and a part of your forever life. In the name of Jesus, I ask this, Lord.